Gospel of Luke, there's a little something very interesting going on. Now you know that Jesus was not a big fan of Pilate, uh, if some of you know your Bible history. Uh, Pilate, you know, was a political leader that was not really doing the people right, and Jesus was a little bit of a, well, a big irritant there in Jerusalem. And so the Galileans come to him and they are wondering why is it that Jesus is not speaking about how Pilate has defiled one of the sacrifices and mixed blood and a whole lot of other stuff in there, but the Galileans are not supposed to participate in certain meals with these other uh, Gentile people. And in that meal, there was some food that was mixed and contaminated. And so these people come to Jesus, and they want Jesus to say, those Galileans suffered because they were sinful and because they had done something wrong. So in short, the thinking here is, people go through things because they have done something wrong that people suffer because they have done something wrong against God, even if it is that someone else has led them down that particular road. These people are comparing themselves to these other Galileans, and they're showing up to say, look how good I am in my blessing, and look at what's going on with those Galileans. They are suffering because obviously they have done something wrong. And Jesus says to them, I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will perish. So in other words, Jesus is saying, Sweep around your own front door before you try to go sweep around somebody else's front door. In other words, that scripture that you heard about remove the log out of your own eye before you try to remove it out of somebody else's eye, that is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not saying that Pilate is right. Jesus is not saying that the Galileans are right. But he understands that these people are coming to him so that he can justify someone else's suffering by saying they're suffering because they are sinful or bad. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Get out of those folks' business and mind your own damn business. Jesus is saying, get your stuff together. Oh, Lord, children, because I want you to use another word. Get your stuff together before you try to go and try to get somebody else together, before you try to go and read somebody else, before you try to go and tell on somebody else, before you try to go and talk about other folks' business, worry about yourself and you repent first. That word repent says to have a change of mind, to have a change of heart, to have a change in the way of being. It is not about just saying, Lord, I repent for doing something wrong. What Jesus is getting at is what you need to repent for as you are coming to me is repent for the fact of trying to worry about everybody else and mind other folks' business. Mind your own business. Then they ask him, they go again, because of course they didn't like what was said, so 
They say, okay, well, what about those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them? Do you think they were guilty than all the other living in Jerusalem? Jesus again says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, once again, you mind your business. Once again, you take care of yourself. And I'm going to say a little something that's a little controversial, but uh, you know, there are a lot of people who are focused in the justice work and advocacy work of making the world a better place. Several of you in this room are those people. I am one of those people. But one of the things that this story teaches me is even as I and you and we go to fight for rights and push for change and to try to shut down all these crazy religious freedom bills that are trying to get out there here in the state of Texas, even as we do that, not to get too righteous, even as we are doing that work, we don't show up and say, thus saith the Lord, you are a sinner and you are bad and you are wrong and I am better. No, as we prepare to do the work that we have to do, we should also be saying, God, open my heart, show me where I need to change and what I need to do for me too. None of us has arrived to the place where we know how to just go and say, I am all righteous, and this is thus saith the Lord, this is how you should live your life. This is the policy you should create. This is what you should be doing. And I say, before we show up, and this is where our community can be different, before we show up, we need to be rooted in Christ, rooted in the gospel, rooted in justice, not just showing up to be angry for no reason at all, but to show up to say, God has done something amazing in my life, and that's why I gotta come up here and tell you, no, you can't do this. Where has God changed and shaped us? How is God moving in us? Then out of that wellspring of love and transformation should our justice movements and stance in the world change. We are all in process, is what Jesus is saying. Don't get up too high on that horse. Don't get too high up there. We all have pains that we have to go through, even when we call out injustice. And the biggest part of this that I really want to highlight is this idea that Jesus is really getting at, not to do these comparisons, as Oprah was talking about, not to do these comparisons, because that is what this springs out of. The people coming to Jesus to ask about these things, they're well off, life is good for them, Everything is going great. So it's assumed. They assume I got all my stuff. I got my life together. I'm doing the right thing. I'm living the right way. Why are those people suffering? They must have done something wrong. These people are more worried about looking over the fence at what other folks are doing instead of staying in their own backyard and focusing on what they need to do. None of us know all the reasons why someone gets sick or someone passes away or all the grieving and suffering that takes place. But we do know that our God is awesome. We do know that we can have grace. We do know that we can be loving and supportive and kind and not 
worry about trying to compare ourselves to somebody else based on what they are going through. Let me take it to another level. The grass is not always greener on the other side either. Some of us have the reverse situation going on. We think because we're suffering that God has smote us and that God is out to get us or that somewhere at some time we slept with somebody we weren't supposed to sleep with, we did something we weren't supposed to do, and God now has it out to get us. And the reason we feel that way is because we immediately go to comparing ourselves to somebody else. Oh my God, well, you know, so-and-so, they've been married for 20 years. And so-and-so takes uh, her wife out on dates. So-and-so makes sure that she can do this for her wife. And so-and-so does this for his wife, comparing ourselves to other things that are going on and saying, God, I don't know, what have I done wrong? How did I end up with this one? Or how did I end up in this situation? The grass is not always necessarily better or greener on the other side. And whatever condition you are going through, whatever suffering you are going through in your body and in your mind, it has, it's not what going to get better if you spend time trying to compare yourself to what other people are doing and how they are moving through the world. Jesus says, get over on your own side of the fence and worry about you. Worry about how you can work on fixing your life. The grass is not always greener on the other side. You do not know everybody's struggle. We do not know what other people have gone through to get to where they are. Facebook would have you to believe that they posted something and all of a sudden they have arrived. Instagram would have you believe that that person received some kind of instant miracle or instant success. That is a lie from the very pit of hell. A lot of people are suffering right now, even though they look good, they smell good, and they got money in the bank, and it appears that their relationship is intact. A lot of people right now are suffering, whether you know it or not. So to get sucked in to all that's happening on social media and this instant success is just simply not healthy for you. We rarely post. This was a bad day, I lost my job. Mm. We rarely post, I don't feel good about myself, why is God doing this to me? But statistically speaking, most of the good posts you see have that happening behind it. It's impossible for everybody to be this damn happy all the time. <laughs> It's impossible for everybody to look this good all the time. I know at some point you will get the weed put in and you have rollers in your hand. Where are those <laughs> It is not helpful for us to compare ourselves to people regarding their suffering or regarding their success.
As much as God wants us to work in our own backyard, God also wants us to be a community as well. And this is the tension that we live in. You are a free, autonomous child of God. You have a life to live and a lane to run in. Focus on running your race and focus on running your race in your community of faith. Focus on doing what God is calling you to do with other people and not on the suffering and the success of other people. Our call as a community is to praise and rejoice when people are successful and to praise and rejoice and pray as a community as people are going through things. What do I mean by praise and rejoice as people are going through things? I mean that we just stood here and sang in praise, our God is awesome. We just said that God is awesome and does amazing things. With tears streaming down our eyes, that is a praise and worship to God. Say, God, I know you can move this mountain, but I praise you anyway. God, I know I'm suffering in this moment, but I praise you anyway. God, I know I'm looking for a miracle, but I praise you anyway. God, I know I don't have the highest self-esteem, but I praise you anyway. God, I know I don't have all the resources I need for this project and that project, but I praise you anyway. God, I don't have a vision for my life just yet, but I praise you anyway. Our God is indeed awesome. The scripture seems a little weird here because Jesus is like, I told you no twice. I told you to mind your own business. And then Jesus says, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. And he went to look for the fruit on it, but didn't find any. It's weird that this story comes right here. We could go so far as to say this man was mad about the fruit that wasn't on the fruit tree. Can you guess why? He probably saw somebody post a fruit tree on Instagram. <laughs> and he said, you know what? I need to go check my fruit tree. And he got up there, and there was no fruit. It wasn't there or anything. And he said, well, I'm just going to tear it down. How often do we respond that way? When we start comparing and we see stuff, we say, well, you know what? I'm just going to check out of this. I'm just going to check out of whatever the situation is. I'm just not going to care. I'm going to go and try to do something else. I'm going to run away from this instead of running to it. And the gardener here says, no, let me fertilize it and work on it. Give me one year so that I can get this tree bearing some fruit. Here's what I found interesting about this. When Mary showed up at the tomb on Resurrection Sunday, who did she mistake Jesus for? The gardener. She mistaked Jesus for the gardener. And so Jesus is already standing right outside our tomb. Jesus is already standing right out in our fig tree fields, saying to each one of us, don't worry about what's happening.
happening over the fence. I'm already on this side of the fence, and I am working on your behalf. Jesus is saying to us, I come to fertilize. I come to help you to grow. I come to strengthen you. I come to make your situation better. If you would take your eyes off of the other folks' fig trees and learn about your own fig trees and let me grow you and let me help you bear some fruit and let me help you live the life that you want to live, then the fruit will begin to bear. Then the fruit will come forth. Take your eyes off of everyone else and put them on me, the gardener, working on your behalf, working to restore you. Yes, yes. Amen. You know, we've heard that saying about the grass being green on the other side, as I said earlier. You know, some people say, you know, the grass may be greener, but that water bill is. It's higher. It's higher. I, I, I ain't gonna lie to you, it is higher. Marcus and I looked for our home for 10 years. We had a perfect subdivision we wanted to be in, and we knew exactly where we wanted to be, and we prayed and believed God, fasted and tithed, and did all the so see everything you can think of that they tell us to do in order to get what we want. We did it. We got it. Yard, beautiful yard. Nice size house. We want it. But that water bill is high. Ben <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkler's got to go two or three times a week. The water bill is high. But you know, it's what we believe God for for our lives. And so it is easy for us to step into a place to say, God has done what we have asked and met us in this very place. Let's continue to stay in our lane and stay focused on who we need to be. We have discussions all the time around here about how different we are and talking about how we may want to look at what this church is doing and look at what that church is doing. And sometimes I just have to say, I am not interested in what a dying church is doing. Yeah. Yeah. I am interested in what a living church is doing and I don't want to copy it. I want to take it and make it our own. Yeah. I want us to work on focusing and living in our own lane. Yeah. This is the story and the success of our very own church. We are where we are today because we focused on being in our own lane and not focused on trying to be like anybody else. Yeah. We have focused on raising up Some people are like, whoa, Pastor, that sounds a little conservative. No, it is, if you want to call it that. Jesus still matters. Jesus is still relevant. And I will not allow us to give up on that faith. I will not allow us to swerve into another lane and look at other fig trees. Jesus has to stay the center of it all. Jesus comes over the fence today to tell us, your grass is just fine. Your life is just fine. If there's more you need, if there are other things you want, I am here to help you work in your yard. You are a unique creation of God. You don't have to be an imitation of other people. Let me grow your fig tree. 
let me change your life. Jesus comes over that fence once again to build us up and to restore us in this season of Lent. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen.